Frequency is a new weekly podcast focused on the intersection of the creator economy and technology. Each week, we cover the latest in creator strategies and the startups helping them grow, monetize, and engage their audiences. This week on Frequency, we have Neil and Zach from Anderson. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Uh, so, sort of like to kick things off, I wanted to offer the people that are listening um, just a general overview of Anderson from your perspectives. Obviously, you're the, the co-founders and the folks that set up the company. So, can you sort of give a brief overview of what Anderson is and sort of the value proposition it brings to the industry? Yeah, 100%. Um, so, fundamentally, we're a music discovery platform. Our platform facilitates artists and industry to connect. Um, but I guess the really important differentiator between us and other companies is that we like to say that we bring back discovery to what matters most. And as everyone is aware, the music industry is fueled by music. So we uh, decide to facilitate discovery through audio analysis and a percentage-based sound search. So if you're looking to find someone who sounds X percent similar to Y, you can use Anderson. Exactly. That's that's by far the most elegant response I've ever had to a question about a company. So that's awesome. (laughs) So uh, I've had lots of time to prepare. (laughs) That's by far the first time Neil's been called elegant. So, (laughs) well, us Americans like to use a lot of adjectives or things. So. I think the the other part of this that I sort of want to dig into first before getting into like the company and stuff is just sort of how you both came together to work and how you both came to be working on Anderson because a lot of feedback that I get from listeners is sort of like, how do you find the co-founder? You know, how did you get that special mix of professionalism and camaraderie while also trying to focus on building a startup, which is ultimately a really hard task. We hate each other's guts. We despise, yeah. Um, No, I I think, look, like any great music company, we also came together over music. I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later, but just very quickly, our backgrounds are both in music. And I moved over to Dublin uh, to expand my management company and also do a master's. And so like every good music company, uh, the founders met in an acapella group. So, yeah. So um, I met Neil. He was uh, getting in, getting more into the industry professionally, had started managing some bands and had done bits with the acapella group and and had a really good grip on the festival and and, uh, venue scene in Ireland. And I sort of had the structure and more experience and it was just kind of a, a natural fit. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) <laughs> I love the the extra add on there. It's fantastic. Um, I think I mean that makes that makes a lot of sense. I love that it started with an acapella group. Can you can you expand on that a little bit because I've not heard that one. <laughs> and Kev knows that that's not allowed to go in the press release. Got it. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was I was, I was only joking. Then like uh, we met through like. Uh, through the group in Trinity, I was studying undergrad, and Zach was in the MBA. And yeah, it was just like, we, we loved the acrobatic group. We got to like do so much with them. We toured internationally and it definitely facilitates like a lot of the group is self-led. So it allows the members to sort of get a taste of 
what booking shows is like and organizing venues and all that sort of stuff from a very young age in college. And then Zach, Zach came across, as he said, uh, with all his experience and sort of went from there. I really like that. It's like a pitch perfect moment. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that it really, I hope that it was exactly like that movie and how I'm picturing it in my head. A lot of dancing, a lot of like street <laughs> sing-offs. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, so Trinidad is very much a, 12 miles in front of you, drink Guinness and sing sing songs that you imagine Irish people do. Um, Zach was hoping for the choreography, um, but he, he, had a, he had a swift lesson that there's no dancing allowed in Trinidad. No. We, they did wind up doing um, Seven Rings the year after I left, which was very funny. So... Irish songs with a little bit of uh, Ariana Grande for a good measure. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, okay. I like that. I like where this is going. <laughs> you know, I think it's interesting because you have, uh, Zach, it sounds like you have like the management background, which is obviously like a very different uh, like boot camp for the industry. And then, Neil, you have, you know, like the event side of that. And I think that's sort of like the perfect blend in music generally, right? Like you want to have like a co-founder that sort of complements your background. I think that's, that's really interesting. So how did, I mean, how did the idea for Anderson sort of come to fruition as you guys are getting to know each other, you know, like you're in your acapella group and, you know, you're like, let's make a music discovery platform. Yes, that's the sort of like segue. Um, I was studying engineering at Trinity and Zach was doing the MBA. He wanted to set up roots in Dublin. I was starting to work with bands here and wanted to leave engineering and focus on music. And it was really through building our own roster, like looking for acts in Ireland. We were using these like databases that allow artists to self-tag. Um, and if, uh, excuse me for throwing you under the bus here, Zach, but as, as an American coming to Ireland four years ago, he's like, we need a hosier. Um, so you're searching for hosier on these databases, but the issue is Ireland has a hosier pandemic where every single artist wants to have the success arc of, of hosier. So there was all these like DJ producers. There was like girl pop groups that sounded nothing like hosier that were coming up and it would just frustrate us in that discovery process and sort of shone a light on us being like, you know what, if this is a very acute issue, surely that whole discovery process is real murky. So we started having uh, conversations with labels and everyone was just saying the exact same thing. It takes far too much time, effort, and they can't find what they're looking for quick enough. Yeah, I mean, especially how sort of music discovery has become so like, like to your point, you know, quickly evolving, right? Like you want to see instant data or instant uh, access to like the artist analytics and be able to make those decisions because they are made far quicker than they used to be, like even like 10 or 15 years ago. Have you guys run into any issues with the product while you were initially scoping out and, you know, like the first generation, like the MVP as you're putting that together, were there any points that came up, you know, in making the product from, you know, the idea that you guys had been discussed. I mean, I don't think that startups sort of start out with, we're going to solve this problem and this is how we do it. You sort of learn as you go. But were there Mm -hmm. any sort of things that stuck out immediately that you guys thought might be like, oh, okay, well, like this, we're going to have to pivot in this direction around, you know, this either product or this feature, that sort of thing. Nope. Everything has been perfect from start to finish. We (laughs) haven't had any 
moments like that full steam ahead uh and if anybody ever tells you that at a startup they are 100 percent lying we took a lot of time and care i think knowing that we knew a lot of people that our network was very strong but also knowing that not only were we musicians ourselves but we eat sleep and breathe music that when we were initially starting it we again, took a lot of care to get feedback from people who were going to be using it. And even then, when we launched, we thought we had something golden. And it turns out that after six months of, you know, redesign and redeveloping that MVP, there are still things that we're finding uh, that we could do better or features that we, that people want to see that we don't have. But it also is important, you know, at the same time to, temper all of that because I think a lot of startups try to be all things to all people and uh, you, you can't be, you absolutely mm. can't be. Um, so music discovery itself is a massive category of stuff. How do you differentiate yourself in that space? How do you make sure that you're not reinventing the wheels that are really running pretty well? before you come along, like, let's be honest, the, the industry has problems, but the industry is doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, but I do think it was sort of interesting, um, just to add on, uh, one of the big sections we had, it was, it was around collaboration, artist to artist collaboration, even though a facilitator of industry to artist, that was sort of a, literally a sort of tag on bit that we're like, oh, this, some people might find this useful. It's not gonna be our sole purpose, but some people find it useful. And then COVID-19 happens and the whole live music industry is decimated. Labels are looking straight towards their current roster and not really looking to sign new acts as quickly unless they're like TikTok sea shanties. Um, Live music doesn't exist and artists can't find any way to like get their EP recorded or their album recorded. So what started off as just sort of like, oh, you can do this as well, became a really big component of the platform during lockdown and has been, I think, which Zach was alluding to, we're, we're building out a lot more functionality now. And we've taken a lot of care in exploring how we can develop the collaboration tools and how artists can interact with each other because that's now a very valuable um, component of it. Like we have a couple of releases coming out this year that from artists who have met only through Anderson and stuff like that. So we're like, it, it, it's it's funny that it hasn't been the focus and it, it's still not our core focus, but it's been something that's uh, really had a light shine on it due to the circumstances we're in. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's happened with a lot of companies that I've spoken with, right? Where they have like an element that either touched the live industry or just, you know, around the music industry, a lot, of, a lot has changed. And I think that it's a great example of when you don't get stuck in like the user feedback loop, but you, you know, you see this need occur just from like a situation and you focus and just, you don't necessarily double down, but you put some more infrastructure behind it and it can really help with scaling or, or growing out like awareness of your, of your startup. I think also, you know, with music discovery, it's it's music discovery, anything that sort of falls in that umbrella is is generally a pretty high touch point historically in the industry, you know, around discovering new artists. And, you know, many people have tried to sort of tackle that area. But 
I think when you involve technology in that, sort of how Anderson does with like your approach to the music discovery sort of sit, not situation, but that type of relationship between, you know, business entity and artist. How does your approach with music discovery and and sort of just flipping that back to like A&R, how that has to has historically, wow, I'm stuttering, how that has historically uh, been approached by labels. You know, it's like I said, very high touch. You know, how is your approach different to that in, in, from like a business perspective? So I'm a label, I come to you and I'm like, you know, I would like to find X artist, not necessarily Hozier because we're a few years ahead of that, <laughs> but you know, like a Billie Eilish. Like what does that look like from like product perspective? So Neil sort of, uh, alluded to it at the beginning of, of the conversation, we're all about putting the music back in music discovery. So what we're finding now, and he alluded it, alluded to it again uh, with, with this TikTok thing that's become so popular, I hear. Um, but for us, it's all about using the music to predict success and then using those other elements, which are undeniably important and great checks and balances at the right time. So we believe that great music discovery doesn't begin with socials. It begins with the music and then everything else supports that, right? So as managers, if we find you and you're the next Billie Eilish, if you don't have 20,000 TikTok followers, I don't care because I know how to get you there. And that's my job to get you there. So it's sort of, a 21st century way of putting people back in, in rooms rather than letting people look at charts all day, every day, you know, very few people get into the industry to look at numbers and, and, you know, analyze them. And we thought that the best way to combat that was to just bring it back to why we all get into the industry to begin with. The music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there's a great point in that because a lot of times you'll find people that are so obsessed with the numbers, right? Like they have to have X amount of Instagram followers. They have to have X amount of TikTok followers, you know, or they have to have some sort of uh, social moment is what I've, I've heard it referred to. And I think that, you know, ultimately it comes down to how good the music is. Of course. Yeah. And those bits tie into it. Like, don't get me wrong. We're not, I think the term like popularity metrics and stuff like that, there's there is importance with social metrics. We don't hide behind that. Again, our new platform presents that. It also allows people to find the trending artists on other platforms because that's also important if that's what you're looking for. But trying to shift away from this mentality that you have to go viral to be successful. There's so many artists who like this. There's, there's like if you think of I'm, I'm not going to name too many artists, but there's only indie artists that don't have a TikTok. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Where is your audience is what matters. That could be on Twitch. That could be on Instagram. It could be you're just a live band and you've got, you're still able to sell 500 tickets in 10 different cities. That is a massive return on investment when labels and live agents are looking at investing in you. So I think the idea that you have to have a social moment, sure, it helps especially in a streaming dominated world and a world that we're currently living in where you can't go to gigs. But it's, it's more about locating your audience and where it is. So I think the fact that we allow it to come through, man, that music's good, now give me the full picture. It, 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 it also creates much more of an untangible but like emotional connection with the music. And as music 
heads and and as carers of like working with artists as managers and knowing how much they care about putting their art out there it's like your art can can be the reason that you go to discovered not because you posted a cool cat video with your music behind it I mean, despite the cool, yeah, despite the cool cat video. I mean, I understand that. Like, I come from a management background, right? Like, that's predominantly where my career is focused. And to say that, like, every single time we would ever take an artist meeting or things like that, and not have the social numbers lead, would be a lie. <laughs> I don't like to lie. But I think you know, when the music is good and when it is truly good, and you're just going off of that, the social metrics do matter, you know, to some extent. But if it's good and it's a uh, I hate the, this phrase, but like if it's like a, a baby band or, or a, an artist that sort of hasn't fully scaled yet, I think that it's, you know, it's undeniable, right? Like you have, the, there's always a place where you can find an audience. There's always, you know, whether it's a live band that's toured for 20 years and can sell 30, 30 clubs, you know, across the South, or it's like a bedroom pop singer that has, you know, a million uh, plays on YouTube. Like, it's really just about like you, to your point, Neil, is, is you know, finding that audience and then to Zach's point, also making sure that like the first foray into music discovery from a business perspective is listening to the music and then the metrics. And I, I really like that approach. You can make the the reverse argument too, right? It's like when you don't have a strong social following or a widespread social following or a viral social following, there's actually an opportunity to be had there because you can exactly. create better, faster, more long lasting ROI, right? Like as managers, Corey, you worked at like capital T, capital M, the management company of management <laughs> companies. Yeah. So knowing that you'd get an artist in on the ground floor, you can, sorry, I'm, I'm like stumbling, but I'm, okay. trying to, what I'm trying to say is as, as that management company that knows management so well, it, does, it shouldn't matter if you have the socials because you guys all know what the costs associated are going to be, what their trajectory could be like, or what you can make their trajectory like, what their market is. So when you're looking at artists with less of a following or less of, less of a live or social traction, it's a great opportunity to undercut competition, to, to create a pipeline that are shaped by the team's goals instead of just what the artist wants or just want the just what the management company or the label wants so yeah i don't yeah. know if that was really coherent no that makes perfect sense i mean and to be honest if i'm putting on my management hat i'd much rather work with an artist that is at that point that you just suggested because there is no preconceived notion of what success looks like for them right it's just about the music it's about you know scaling their audience like that's you know that's See so many labels or managers like stripping socials as soon as they start working together. It's like, all right, let's start afresh. Or that username wasn't the right one to pick. Let's go with this and start afresh and start making proper content for that audience in this way. And it's like that whole space is so malleable. But the music, music is the music. Exactly. And I think that when that situation happens, the manager, like the artist should leave the manager just because, the, you know, like they're not understanding sort of what is making them an organic success with their fans, right? Like I could care less if you have 
a hundred true fans, a thousand true fans, a million. I've worked with artists at every spectrum of that, of that equation. And the ones that always have the most unique voice are the ones that haven't been um, put into a position where they feel like they have to like strip their socials because they are going to go sign with a label or have to go put on a performance just during an interview. So I think that's a great point. I think, you know, for, from a music business standpoint, I think, you know, how can people, when I say people, I mean like industry folks, when they come to Anderson, you know, what is, what are sort of some suggested ways that, that businesses or or people that want to use it from, you know, the music discovery and like, as like a business, like business to consumer, what does that look like? You know, like what, how do people search for like a specific type of genre and artists? Like, what does that user flow look like? And how does that work? There's actually sort of two routes you can go down. Um, we have our application, which we're actually doing a lot of work on right now. Um, in the application, uh, currently it's on mobile and web, and you can just sign up through Anderson.com. Um, but we're building out that a lot so that you can filter by pretty much any parameter you want to, be that mood, be it genre, be it an artist specifically, be it a song specifically, because we don't want to have people feeling constricted. We want people to be able to, you know what, I just want to see all the singer-songwriters in London. I want to be able to see all the artists in London or be able to filter by genre or specification. We also have, that's the platform. And as I said, there's a lot of extra work going on in there. On the other side, we actually license our technology to other companies. So be that another A&R tool that is pulling in all the trending artists in a platform and your organization already uses that, but you're getting, instead of you getting 500 CDs, you're getting a thousand suggestions of viral artists who 90% of them are signed or only 2% of them are relevant to your grunge label that you're working at. So um, we can act as a filter that you can put on your pipeline that you already exist. Um, And we've put a lot of care into that because we love what we've built in Anderson as a platform, but we're also really respectful that people, some people are really hap- happy with the workflow that they're already working in. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity in that because we can, because we're purely based off content, we can work with everything from social media companies to help generate recommendations on their, in their, in their music playlists or in their music feeds and um, to DSPs, to sync platforms and catalog management tools um, right across to our platform as well. So without saying we one size fits all, there is the opportunity to use us, to, to use our technology through API and to sign up to the platform directly. That's great. I love it when people say the word API for their businesses. I like that, especially when it, when it involves enterprise. Um, yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised. There's a lot of there's a lot of companies that I've spoken with, you know, specifically on like any type of like analytics, and they don't want to they don't want to give you access to the API as part of like an enterprise type deal. And I just want to sort of white label the dashboard. I feel like that's a little stifling, uh, but I like it when people you know, I like it when there's that business structure, right? It's like B 2 B, B 2 C, and you're able to really make a solution for the company or or sorry the the industry for a person that might want to come to Anderson and use it. For sure, I think as an enterprise solution too, like enterprises have platforms and and management tools that even if they don't love, they're comfortable with and have lived with for years and years and years. And to get uh, a company, a big company to change that is massive. So uh, why 
why give us that task? Why give ourselves that task? And let's just make it easy and let them integrate. And won't they love us even more that they just have to plug in these couple lines of code and everything's done. And all the coders squirm when he said, just plug in a couple of lines of code. I know. Yep. I was like, where's that, where's that token key? Like, what? <laughs> just a couple lines of code. <laughs> so sort of on the, on the flip side of the, the, the question that I just asked, um, how can artists, you know, we talked about the business cases, but how can artists utilize Anderson to sort of stand out from others uh, on the platform, you know, and, and, and help facilitate that? Let me optimize my profile uh, to match either the music I'm making or what somebody uh, could possibly be searching for. Yeah, so I think there there are a couple of parts to that. I think the first, the two most important things are one that Anderson exists. I'll say only for artists that are looking for something, right? So that could be placement, that could be a seven-figure major label deal, but you know that you're going to be in a community with artists that are on a similar playing field, right? Because they're all in need of that industry support in some way. The other thing is that we don't believe that we exist to tell you how to make your music at all. Like the last thing we want to do is try to influence you uh, or your, or your sound. But we do believe that by giving you objective feedback, and letting you see sort of in um, black and white, your numbers or your progress or your analysis or whatever it is, that it breaks through maybe some of your own biases. So if you're sitting and, and thinking, man, why am I not just getting discovered on Spotify? Why have I not gotten New Music Friday? Why, 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 why? but you're on Anderson and you put the exact same song up and you get a notification that somebody at universal just listened to your music. And a day later you get a message from that person. Um, not only is it really reaffirming, it's a huge step in the right direction. Right. And it's honestly, we believe the fastest and easiest and certainly one of the only places in the digital music space where something like that can happen. And then in relation to like optimizing the profile, like the big, the big sides for us are content. Like we're seeing people upload between three and four tracks generally because they're the ones that they're choosing to represent, but there's no limits. Um, and the same with video content. Again, with this new platform, there's more ways than being of being discovered other than someone just searching for, you know what, I want to Ray Montaigne and your profile crops up. And um, we're doing a huge amount of curation and brand partnerships with other music adjacent, be it uh, media companies or be it other music tech companies getting involved and casting a spotlight on some of the artists that they're getting involved. So th there's an element of curation coming into the platform, which will live in a very specific place because we do want to make sure that that doesn't take over and it's just an area if you're looking for it. But I think Zach hit it really well. It's like, we're not really trying to, we don't want artists to feel like they have to conform and, and, and do certain things. We're trying to not make it another social media for you to feel like you have to be on. It should be a place that you want to come to if you're looking for something. Be that, hey, I really want to find a basis for this project I'm looking for. And these are the reference tracks for it let's see what I find on Anderson. 
rather than, oh, I haven't updated my music, I haven't put up a new photo this week, which every artist already stresses over with the numerous social media applications they already have. So it's, it's absolutely not that. Um, we, we put an emphasis of letting the music do the work for you. Yeah, I really like that approach to it. And, I, and also sort of, you know, like if it's a place where people are going to either, like you said, find a, a bassist or, you know, try to find a collaborator or from the business side, trying to look for a specific type of artist, the content will show, right? Whatever songs you upload, whatever videos you put up, images, that that matters to a certain extent, but it's not everything. And, you know, making sure that the music is prominently focused uh, on a profile or in a search is, is a great is a great way of looking at that and approaching it. With, with the experience that you've had sort of operating Anderson, going through the setting up the, the company and all those milestones that you hit, you know, first wireframes, first MVP, first iteration of certain products. What are your guys' thoughts on sort of how data and music discovery, sort of how those have started to play together, right? With, with you know, trying to sign new talent or trying to even find, I mean, a lot of people use these types of tools uh, as also like a way to find a collaborator right like there's some artists that sort of look for that to like work with like a like if you're an electronic artist i know a lot of folks that i've worked with have gone on to like soundcloud to see like who has sort of released the music what's trending how do you how do you guys feel about or i guess what are your thoughts on sort of that collision of data and, and music discovery and how those sort of intertwine now i know that it, there's an obvious like of course it plays into it but sort of how do you see that influencing it right like is it are, are you seeing trends that like more people are focusing on music are the actual music behind it or are they just solely focused on like those social moments and like having those like million followers i think over the past couple of weeks we've been talking to people who whose own organizations have begun to see the light and thinking like oh wow all of this data that we've been putting stock in for years and years and years is, is way too much first of all there's like a complete data overload and second of all not all of it might be relevant right now and so there is uh I'm Jewish, so I won't say come to Jesus, but we'll say like a come to Jerry because I'm a big Grateful Dead fan. <laughs> so come to Jerry moment where they're like, oh yeah, music is a thing that we do. Let's focus on that. So for us, that sort of intersection is again using the right data at the right time. And it's it's like learning when to leverage what data when. So for us, it's basically using data as a tool to prove traction, but using the music and the band or the musician themselves to prove quality and to prove um, potential success rather than tools that are based on what could be viral numbers, right? So like when the industry decides that data is the tool that we're going to use and traction is the proof that proves the tools, it ultimately comes back to us as the decision makers to temper the numbers and temper that data with our own ears, with our own belief in the music as we hear it, because that's the most powerful tool in the industry. I think what you're asking though is more around like collaboration and discovery and the- Oh, of, sorry. Um, right. so Great answer I think, still. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, uh, the simple answer is, if I can remember the question, is well, I, I'd, I'd say like it's everything, um, especially now. Anyone who says otherwise, unfortunately, is lying because 
or breaking COVID restrictions, which is bad. Um, but unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, it's having a huge impact. I think the simple answer is like looking at and thinking what genre is. Like genre is no longer pop. It's no longer jazz. It's like, like I, I was looking at um, former product developer for Spotify is like a genre map um, where like literally I'd say there's a million genres that Spotify has. And it's like everything from ambient Hungarian indie folk pop to like genres do not exist. And I think impact of data and technology or that is from the impact of data and technology and the fact that as you're saying, so you can hop on and find an artist from SoundCloud in a second. I do think there's positives to it, especially when we're all in lockdown and we don't have an opportunity to, to go to a show and be like, you know what, I really like that basis sound. Maybe I'll go up and chat to him or her after the show and, and, and ask if they want to jam sometime. It's now shifted into having to take that step and, and, and look after and, and focus on the data. And then I think the sort of flip side is, which is why having tools that focus on that becomes impactful and becomes valuable. That was another you great answer. answer <laughs> yeah, I don't want to answer the question. <laughs> yes, you both. I think you both did. You both did in, in different ways. So I will use both answers. Niels, Niels was better. <laughs> I appreciate it. But I, I, think, I think that that's an interesting take, right? Because there's so many obvious things when it comes to data, right? There's over-influx of data. There, there is an argument that I think can be made to uh, when you're looking at data, not impartially with a very specific lens, with a very specific focus of like, I need to find this type of artist. You can pretty much look at any type of data, contextualize it and use it to support your argument in a certain way. Right. So like taking away that level of it and going more towards just like the music, how it sounds, taking out the, the need to like sort of have social proof is is great and also with like collaborations i love that you guys have that type of a product that like there is a way for an artist to just message somebody else and not have to necessarily sift through the noise of like a soundcloud or things like that because it is really hard to find you know on these platforms as more artists become prevalent or they're going there for the same use case it becomes hard to sift through the noise not that it's a negative but it's something you know when you're looking for a specific type of collaboration and i, I think that sort of leads perfectly into the next question which is somewhat annoying because i like to ask it you know just from the perspective of founders but you know what i, I think that you guys will probably say that it's probably the the focus on the music and sort of how you guys surface things based off of data and things like that secondary but what would you say is like the main element that sets Anderson apart from other startups that are focusing on music discovery? Because like, as Zach said in the beginning of our conversation, it's a huge umbrella, right? That there's so many parts of music discovery that sort of are either ripe for disruption, which is another phrase that I should probably edit out, but, um, <laughs> but is, but, but really, it, it really is right. And, and the way that people consume technology even during the pandemic has, has massively changed. So what would you guys say is the, is the thing that sets you apart from, from other folks? I would, I would actually say it's our team that sets us apart, truly. I mean, the idea to focus on music for music discovery is not revolutionary. Uh, it's maybe not even smart as much as it is obvious, but I can tell you that our team all care about the product so much and care about both sides 
of the value proposition so much because we all in our own ways have very good minds for business or tech or development, yes, but also are musicians at heart or music lovers at heart. And I think when you have something that's built for an industry by the people that are involved in that industry and know the pitfalls and the successes and things that are truly needed, that's pretty rare. And so there there are nine of us now and we are this wonderful, awesome, nerdy, incredibly intelligent, myself excluded. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's what that's what makes Anderson tick, really. That unfortunately stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say the exact same thing. But I think I think we've been also throughout this whole interview, we've been beating the drum of like how we do what we do is different, which is different, but it's can't built. I, I wish I had a metaphor for like you can't build a I don't know a castle without amazing castle builders, but I don't have a good metaphor, so I'm gonna leave it there. I've, I've learned so many cool phrases from you, Neil, during this conversation, like TikTok sea shanty. I think I might steal that one. Uh, <laughs> castle builders. <laughs> it's great. So we're, we're we're in for the last question now. So you know, taking all the experience that you both have had, you know, with your journey with Anderson, any any type of entrepreneurial journey with with music management, which is possibly the best boot camp for anything in the world business wise. What would you say would be the best piece of advice that you that you could impart on somebody that wants to tackle any type of issue within like the media or entertainment industries? Don't hold back your ideas. It's one I keep saying over and over again, but it's like everyone has this fear of sharing their ideas. They're like, oh, like the, it, the issue is the social network, the movie. It's like everyone thinks that they're Mark Zuckerberg. You're not. And everyone thinks that they've got these people who are vying to steal their idea. Like the reason Facebook was successful was because they had great marketing. Sure, their technology was really, really innovative and new. There's very little being built these days. And I mean that, like very, very little that's in any way new. Um, so it's really about how you do what you do that matters. So by getting your product out or your idea out or telling a few trusted advisors or some people that you think won't like your idea, it's going to make your idea better. It's going to make your product better. And we sat in our idea for a long, long time. And as Zach said earlier, it's like only when we started putting our product out there and getting proper feedback and getting random reviews from angry people did we really learn where our issues are so share and no one if they steal it just do it better than them <laughs> yeah um and and i would say if you're tackling any issue no matter what issue you're addressing no matter what type of ecosystem or platform or product you're building make it unapologetically yours even if it's polarizing even if it's something you don't think anybody but you and 10 of your friends will use obviously it should be it should be inclusive and welcoming and nice to everybody and and all of that like please don't anybody listening to this go out and start like breitbart 3.0 but just make sure that your voice is heard because that's what ultimately makes the product unique Okay, both of those are very good pieces of advice. I like it. I think the main thing is the website, our socials, 
our socials are probably better than our website these days because we're going through a redesign of everything. So if you really want to stay up to date with what we're doing, Instagram, Twitter, our TikTok is becoming active now. LinkedIn, if if that if you're so inclined. We've got some really great artist content. If you're just like a, a fan of artists, we hosted an amazing uh, digital concert back in February. And that's all up on YouTube with our winners and all that. So if you're sort of just interested in seeing the sort of talent that's on the platform, YouTube's a, a, a nice, nice option as well. But everywhere we're just Anderson. <laughs>